You're tuned in to the Tokyo Living Podcast, where we help you live a healthy and enjoyable life in one of the most amazing cities in the world. Stephanie Ando is a fifth dan in Aikido, an instructor and head of international affairs at the Yoshinkan Aikido headquarters. On this episode, Sam and Stephanie discuss her experiences learning and teaching the martial art and the unique benefits Aikido offers its practitioners. Tokyo Living is proudly brought to you by Club 360, changing lives through health and fitness. Stephanie Ando, welcome to the Tokyo Living podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and having me on. I'm looking forward to it. And it's nice to uh, meet you face to face after we've been chatting on, on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Um, perhaps for the listeners and viewers, if you can just uh, start by giving a little bit of background on yourself. Yeah, okay. So um, as as uh, I was introduced, my name is Stephanie Ando. I'm a South African. Um, I came to Japan 20 years ago. Um, just I graduated from university and at that time I wanted to become a journalist. So um, my plan was to come to Japan on a, on a gap year and um, make some money and then go back home and study my, get my master's in journalism. Uh, I came, when I arrived in Japan, Coincidentally, my neighbor uh, was studying Aikido and he introduced me to my teacher and I just, I fell in love with it from the first day that I saw, I came to watch a class and I just loved it immediately. Um, and I started training uh, twice a week and then uh, that wasn't enough. I felt it was enough. I needed to train more. So I moved closer to the dojo and um, then I realized that I really wanted to take Aikido back home to South Africa that I felt that um, the philosophy of Aikido uh, would be very beneficial to South Africa with, with our history. Um, I won't go too deeply into, in, into the history, but obviously the, the history of South Africa with apartheid and the problems that we still have from that. Um, so I wanted to get my instructor's license. So I quit my job teaching English to train full-time at the dojo and um, my gap years just kind of extended into 20. I still haven't gone home yet. Um, so then uh, I got married here and, and I have we have I have two kids with my husband. So um, uh, you know we're, I'm pretty set, settled here, but hopefully we do have a, a, an affiliated dojo in South Africa, and I'm hoping eventually we'll still be able to uh, expand there. Um, so now I teach full time at the dojo and I uh, manage our website and i manage our social media and then we get a lot of students coming from overseas to train yeah so um i also uh manage that i manage people if they need visas i help them get visas um when they're here you know i help them settle in we have facilities at our dojo for people to stay and train here so those are kind of all my duties at the moment yes i'm just going back a few steps so when you saw that first class of uh, aikido (laughs) and you fell in love with it what was it about it that that drew you to it um i so I watched the class and, and in the beginning, everybody sits down, they line up and says it for the first five minutes. Um, and that, and just from the back, just seeing everybody lined up, you know, in, in the white training uniforms um, with, with very good posture. Um, for some reason, I don't know, that just, that was um, my first impression. And then after that, so then the, the teacher got up and he demonstrated a technique and it was a, um, we have a lot of, we have techniques where you pivot and he was wearing the hakama. Um, which is like the big, the long skirt pants kind of thing. <laughs> and he did yeah. this beautiful pivoting technique. And I just, I don't know why. I just, I thought, you know, I really want to know more about what, what he's doing and what um, what it all is all about. 
and then the more I trained and the more I learned about it, kind of the deeper the, the kind of spiritual and philosophical side gets. So yeah, yeah. I was just hooked from there from the very beginning. Yeah. And is that um as as the fascination? So you, you talk about getting more into the um, mm. spiritual and philosophical philosophical mm. side of it. Um, mm. and has that sort of continued to be uh sort of the focus for you so for, for me for example when i got into karate i was very young yes. um i'd watch mm-hmm. movies and wanted to become mm-hmm. van damme so mm-hmm. i could walk into a <laughs> room of bad guys van damme. van damme bruce lee um and i wanted to and and steven seagal actually who's um mm-hmm. yeah. okay <laughs> we, we can maybe talk about him if you want um or not uh but yes yeah, so it was all about sort of being um this this sort of mm-hmm. mystical fighter as mm-hmm. i got more into it i got um into the sports side and probably for the best part of 20 years for me, karate was um, primarily a sport. Okay. Um, I wasn't really so much into the philosophical side per se, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even so much into the self-defense side. Um, I was an athlete, and, and that's how I saw it. Um, mm-hmm. And then after retiring, um, I sort of circled back a little bit to the point mm-hmm. where now I'm actually thinking back the other, almost going full circle. And now for me, I'm focusing more on um, the actual fighting side of it. Um, Have you gone through ebbs and flows where you've gotten different things out of Aikido and you've had different focuses um, throughout the journey? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Um, So, yeah, in the beginning, um, I think what I, so um, when I was at university and I'd, I'd, um, I don't know if you have the same thing we call it like the, the freshman six or so whatever you put on first weight in your first year at university. Uh, <laughs> and um, I think I think there was a much cruder term for it where yeah. I went to university, but uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so kind of a universal thing. And um, I so I had started going to gym and started and um started training at the gym, and I I had a very uh, a very good personal trainer then um and he kind of although he helped out with with the, the you know basically the physical side like the very practical so many sets of the, so many reps doing this exercise he also emphasized that um the most important thing for him was uh that you enjoyed the body in motion that you enjoyed the exercise um it wasn't you know only about losing weight but it was very much so even even you know just just that it was kind of a spiritual side. So um, when I started Aikido, I felt that it was kind of those two things had come together again, uh, not just doing it. So it was it was challenging physically and it was challenging mentally because you had to remember all these movements. And then um, slowly, little by little, then the, the teachers, the instructors started to kind of introduce the more spiritual side. Of it mm. so um yeah i think there's definitely you go through phases and i think um your yeah, phases and you've got to keep the balance yeah because uh, specifically i think aikido is it can get more too much to the spiritual side and then it's just it's useless and it's pointless um mm. as, a, as a martial art or as a self as a form of self-defense so you've got to always be um keeping that balance and how those different aspects can work together Club 360 is Tokyo's premier health, fitness and rehabilitation centre, offering physiotherapy, personal training, group fitness classes, boxing, sports massage, pilates and nutrition consultations. With two full-time locations in Mota Azabu and Higashi Azabu, as well as satellite physiotherapy practices in Shibukoen and Yokohama, 
Club 360 boasts a team of high-level practitioners from all over the world, ready to take care of all your injury and fitness needs and guide you on a path towards a healthy and happier life. Come visit us at club360.jp or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. And within karate, there's, there's thousands of different uh, schools and styles uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah, there are similarities, but there's yeah, vast differences as well. Um, perhaps mm-hmm. if you sort of talk about your school of Aikido and in the history mm-hmm. and uh, and how it might okay. differ from other types of Aikido that people may have mm-hmm. seen or practiced. Okay. So um, Aikido itself was was first created by um, the, the, the teacher we call, Morihei Sensei, we call him All Sensei. Um, and he... Um, he mixed together various kinds of martial arts and then he created, you know, old, um, all old Japanese martial arts that he'd studied and he, he kind of fused them all together to create, you know, and, um, one of his students was Gozo Shioda Mm. and, um, Gozo Shioda trained with, which was hence a pre-war before World War II. Uh, Oishiba Sensei's style changed a lot after World War II, became a lot more flowing, a lot more circular, a lot more um, more, more focused on the spiritual side. Uh, and then Shioda Sensei created the Yoshinkan style, which is the style that we do. Um, and it's generally known as, as like the hard style of Aikido. It's still much more focused on um, effective techniques and um, harder training. And... Um, the Tokyo Ride Police train with the Yoshinkan. They they have to do an intensive course of, at the Yoshinkan. So it's kind of, um, again, which was in this pre-war style where he was still training very hard. There's very physically was very focused on the physical, mm. maybe the technical side of it. Yeah. So um, the Yoshin the Yoshinkan style has um a much more set uh syllabus. Yeah. For, for training and learning and studying. So it's kind of, um. What, what is more of a more basic syllabus, I think, as opposed to the the Aikikai style, which is uh, the style from that is still um, led by Ueshiba Sensei's family. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you say more of a hard style, what do you actually mean by that? In that the techniques are uh, less sort of flowing, less circular, more direct, or what, maybe give an example of a sort of a mm-hmm. technique that. Uh, so we um it's, it's kind of like um the 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 thing that we use the most to describe it is writing so when you're learning to write or you learn to do calligraphy first you do a line yeah. <laughs> and then you do two lines yeah. and then eventually you do a letter yeah. and the words together and eventually you can you can um do calligraphy but um so the 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 aikikai style kind of goes straight for the very loose very flowing style mm. Uh, Yoshinkan, we work very carefully through the, the very set. First, you do the, the line, and then you do the, the basic letters, and then you do calligraphy, and then you can do the more kind of flowing style. But then I think a lot of people get stuck. Maybe they get stuck in the very hard, in the very set. This it's once you've started, you learn doing this, then it's harder to kind of loosen up and do the more flowing style. Mm. Uh, as an example, I guess you could use that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we. We have basic movements, six basic movements that we do, uh, and you repeat those repeatedly, repeatedly, and so you can kind of, and then you, like Lego building blocks, you build those into a technique, yeah, and then, and then you can go into the more advanced techniques. Yeah, yeah, interesting. 
And so after you started, how long was it um, for you to say obtain a black belt? And how long was it before you started teaching? And um, and I guess in that time teaching, what sort of things have you learned from the actual teaching process? And and maybe even maybe touch touch on. So you obviously have a lot of foreigners uh, in the dojo. Um, Given that your dojo sort of caters for foreigners, are there any sort of differences in the teaching styles? Because I know, yeah, the way that karate is taught in the West is very different uh, to, to Japan. Do you sort of keep it very Japanese and traditional as a as an experience for the students, mm-hmm. or do you try and sort of internationalize it a little bit? Um, so I uh, started from when I started until I got my black belt, maybe two years, um, but that would be training every day and you know several classes a day Mm. so if you're just doing one class or two classes a week it'll take you a little bit longer probably and then also um I had by that time quit my job so I was and I did um one we at that time we offered like an the dojo had an intensive course kind of geared up geared at um training instructors and training um full-time students so I kind of did that very intensive um, very set, going from the very very beginning, working mm. up to um, a syllabus. Uh, so maybe yeah, two years to black belt, and then um, and then after that, I started. I would no, I wouldn't have my own classes, but I would be helping out teaching the kids or helping out in classes. You know, working with white belts, uh, and then from there, yeah, so maybe three years to then having my own classes and. Uh, at that time, I'd be traveling and teaching around in Saitama and Chiba and Tokyo. So about three years to teaching. Um, yeah, what, what is the teaching? <laughs> uh, it's still a, pro- a process, you know. And then also um, I had a gap, a big gap in the middle when I because I, I had when, when I stopped to have my kids, mm. so a big gap. Uh, in the middle and it's been much harder coming back after that I think than it was <laughs> in the beginning um yeah. for, for a lot of reasons so um teaching I think the hardest the hardest part about teaching for me is um you know thinking about how to make it as easy as possible for the students to understand and then um is if they're not understanding is that because my japanese is not good enough or my explanation is not good enough so uh you know you really you really have to know your techniques backwards to be able to explain yeah. it and then and then see where, where the students are not not getting it and then how can you fix that for them you know, make so that a technique is effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and how you can apply your own, but then maybe your own experience doesn't apply to what they're struggling with. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think that um, with any sort of thing that you're going to teach, yeah, having to teach something will force you to learn it uh, to mm-hmm. a different degree of, mm-hmm. um, a different degree of thoroughness. Um, and, yeah, having to teach something like that, uh, it, it forces you to try to see, 
the content that you're teaching in, in different lights and different ways uh, because mm-hmm. yeah, what you say what you experience with a certain movement uh, mm-hmm. might be completely different to what someone else experiences so you need to sort of put mm-hmm. it in their shoes um, mm-hmm. and I think that's a yeah a constant learning experience uh, the actual act, act of teaching itself uh, for anyone who instructs yeah. uh, but yeah. especially with martial arts yes mm-hmm. yeah and then um, so we we haven't had uh, any students coming obviously obviously since the pandemic started yeah. so we're looking we're looking forward to when we can we can open up again and get more visitors um we don't we don't change uh at all really to yeah. accommodate people coming from overseas they have to just uh fit in and they have to yeah. <laughs> they have to just deal with uh uh whatever i think for for most foreigners coming to train with us the, the seated techniques are the hardest part we do a right. lot of techniques seated in Cesar. yep uh and yeah i think they struggle a lot of people struggle with that mostly <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, because the the all the techniques in aikido they come from you know sword techniques and obviously a long time ago in japan they, everybody was the life the lifestyle was in Cesar. Mm. so uh at that you know you have to be able to do techniques from a seated position so yeah. obviously that doesn't apply so much now but we we still train a lot of seated techniques to develop your lower body um flexibility and strength um and i think people coming from overseas they do they don't do that so much maybe sure. in dojo outside yeah. Japan. <laughs> yeah. so yeah so but people coming you know to train here they they, they stay upstairs and they are expected to kind of fit in as much as possible into the dojo lifestyle yeah uh, they tuesday to friday we do the 6 a.m class so they have to get up early to do that class every day yeah uh, they're expected you know to clean do clean yep. <laughs> um and how long do they typically stay for the, the people that come in from overseas so from you know two weeks to a month yeah we've had people for up to three months we've had people right. stay for a year yeah well so whatever people can can manage to fit into their lifestyles, we can we can accommodate that. Yeah. yeah. And do you have sort of local uh, Japanese instructors or students stay in as Uchideshi as well? Or? Uh no, we don't. Yeah. Sometimes we do. We do have people from from inside Japan. They come and they stay for a day or two, but not so much. As I, yeah, oh. especially now with the pandemic, we we weren't uh, accepting applications for that. So. Sure. Sure. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and how do people find out? I mean, do you have a a large sort of international online presence? And uh, obviously, your 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 you know, in sensei there is is quite famous. Um, mm-hmm. So you just get a lot of applications through there, or um, through affiliated schools, or mm-hmm. how so we um, we have a Ryu World Aikido Federation, uh, which is which is uh, for dojos that are uh, affiliated with us. And uh, because my so my husband studied with directly with with Shioda Sensei for for fourteen years he trained as his apprentice so uh, he's already really very well known from that obviously and um, yeah we get it so people want to come train like from our website we have and our Instagram or our social media we have quite a strong social media presence I think yep uh, and I work very hard on that <laughs> to maintain that yeah, and yeah. and to try and um just uh, you know exp- uh what my husband is what, what he's teaching to try and share that with everybody try and make it easy to understand for everybody that's part of my my job i think are you in need of a good massage club 360 boasts a team of experienced massage therapists 
specialised in sports, Swedish, deep tissue, prenatal and postpartum massage techniques and are able to tailor treatment to your specific needs. Mention Tokyo Living to receive 30% off your first massage for first-time users. Contact info at club360.jp for more details. I would compare Aikido to other forms of physical activity or even other martial arts. What, what do you think are the main advantages uh, to people practicing Aikido? So, as I said, the, the main the main thing about Aikido that makes it different, I think, from other martial arts is that we don't have competitions and there's no there's no fights. So um, you we do when you do a technique, you do it with a partner and you work together, taking turns to be the one who does the technique and one who um, receives the technique called yuke. So uh, it's very cooperative. You have to work together um, and doing both sides helps you to understand the technique better, I think. Mm. So, um, and I think, which is, that's one of the reasons why I felt that Aikido would be so good to take back to South Africa is because doing that, taking turns to do the the different roles really helps you to um, be more flexible. I think mentally more flexible to be able to see uh, the other person's point of view, you know, and to be able to, um, so there's no competitions. So Shte uh, and UK both have to be happy and both have to be satisfied. Yeah. They're training. And so not just the one who wins is going to be happy and the one who loses is going to be sad. You have to be cooperative so that both, both people win, if that makes any sense. And I really felt that that would be that the ability. And I feel um, myself just doing Aikido for so long, that's, it's helped me to help me as a parent, if that makes any sense. Helped me, helped you know our marriage as a relationship. I think um, other relationships as well, um, especially as a parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not just being like my way is the only way, or my way is the right way. Is, is learning to be more flexible and and uh, uh, willing to see other people's points of view, which is one of the things that I really liked about it. I wanted to to take home. So I think that's um one of the main differences and how you know we say it, you can you can talk about the spiritual side and it kind of gets all esoteric but specifically that i think is the main thing that you take turns and you have to cooperate and you have to work together uh is one of the most important points i think in mm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um i'd also be interested to sort of hear your thoughts on um your women in martial arts mm-hmm. um because you know obviously uh, martial arts has traditionally been sort of a, a male, you know, dominated area of uh, of study, um, and particularly in Japan. Um, how have you seen that in in your experience? So, um, so specifically in in our like well, in, in my case as well, um, I trained up to a certain point, and I got to a certain level. And then I got married and then I had the I had kids. Um and so I had I had to stop training obviously during that time. And then I slowly started to come back to training. And then I, and I've been very lucky because obviously my husband is very supportive. We live in the dojo, so um it's much easier in terms of childcare. He's he's here all the time. So if he's teaching, you know, I can watch the kids. And if I'm teaching, he can watch the kids. Uh, So it's it's been much, much easier for me. I've had that support. But for other women, I think 
to come back after you know maybe having children to try and get back into into the I'm putting it to say the workforce but um so a lot of the guys that I started with and we trained and we we came up together so I stopped for a bit and then they carried on training so they um, advanced not only in 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 terms of rank Dan rank but also uh in terms of moving up in the in the organization and um uh teach it i mean teaching experience so if you stop teaching i think you lose uh as you said it, it's a it's a constant process so if you stop for a long time then you have to go back and start from zero so i was kind of starting from zero again mm. so i was a lot behind people you know guys that i had had been uh, started with or been at the same level with so now if you look at um if we do events like uh organize uh, seminars all the teachers are, are male teachers. There's very few women teachers. Uh, if you look at at um, seminars that are being held overseas or events that are being held overseas, very few women, highly ranked women instructors or highly ranked um, within the organization. So mm. uh, I think that's the main thing that I'm seeing. And I've, I've had to be so noisy about it. I've had to be like... Um, why are there no women and and then you know the dojo well we we also have we have a federation in japan for all our affiliated dojos and they'll hold events and i'll have to be like why haven't you asked me to teach (laughs) um why are there no women teaching and i've had to be so noisy about that and then and then you feel like oh i'm why am i like pushing myself forward like this uh so it's i mean it's slowly changing as i said again my husband has been very supportive and he um he understands that you know, if you and if there's if there's no highly ranked female teachers or um, women, then little little girls they they don't see or be. I want to be I want to be like that too. They've got no role models to look up sure, to. Sure, sure, sure. So I've had to um, work quite hard at that. I think. Yeah, and what yeah. has been the reaction to the noise uh, <laughs> that, that you try to bring up? Um, so as I said, my husband has been, has been very very supportive, and he he. So that's the main thing. So within our dojo and within our affiliated dojos, it's people have kind of not <laughs> been too uh what's the word? Not been too uh obstructive. No, not what's the word? Yeah. yeah. Um, they haven't been against it too much. Um, but I um many things that I don't hear or that I that I haven't heard, I don't know. I don't know what the response is outside of our little yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And I guess your your gut instinct as to why you mm-hmm. don't see more women, you know, teaching at these seminars or or involved in general. Um, do you see that it filters like if you were to look at a um yeah. a class of lower level mm-hmm. students, would there be a more even spread of gender and then that sort of filters out as you get higher through the ranks? Or yeah, yes, because yeah. I mean if you look at our classes on, on a daily basis, they um the morning or the mid-morning classes are are mostly women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in in the evening class, evening classes more you know fifty fifty. Mm. We have a lot of we have a lot of students, so yeah, it does it definitely drops the higher that you get. And as as I said, I think it's because um, it's hard to get back in after if you've had to stop 
for um to have kids or whatever. And also I, I feel like um that there's there's like an annex uh for women it's there's there's kind of so a lot of women, but it's you've got to do a very accepted, pretty more pretty style of like, you know, mm. uh, maybe not such a hard in you know, maybe not such a hard, hard techniques or effective techniques. You've got to do pretty, pretty flowing techniques. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that gets boring for women or um yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And within the techniques themselves, so you know. In my martial arts experience, uh, mm. things like you know full contact karate and, and now BJJ, mm. um, they're styles where strength and size um, play a you know a fairly large part. Mm. Um, Aikido has this rep- reputation of mm. being, I guess, more of a softer style where you're using a, a lot more of your opponent's strengths um, mm. and size against them. Do you feel like there's less of a disadvantage to a potentially smaller, um, less physically strong female practitioner um, in comparison yeah. to to some of these harder styles? Or what are um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, it's hard because uh, so you know my husband, as I say, he he's very he's a small guy. So um, from his experience. Uh, and in a, in a way, like smaller is better. It's kind of easy to do some of the te- techniques if you actually are smaller. Mm. But um, yeah, I, they are. You know, it is still. There's one. There's one guy that I train with regularly, and he's he's a very big guy, and he's. I mean, I would say he's about ninety kilograms, and um, it is harder. It is harder to do the technique to get the techniques to work on him. Just. You know, there's, there's techniques we do where we kind of move like this. We try to we kind of lift them up like this, and to be supporting him up like that. It does, yeah. I would say even even in Aikido, uh, mm. there is would be a disadvantage. Yeah. But then that's where uh, the role of uke comes in. Um, the uke has to like not be heavy and kind of try to be to be light and be cooperative. So there's that as well. Mm. But then. Um, I think in a re- in a real situation, it, it's not so much strength, so much as the speed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you're smaller and faster, maybe that's an advantage too. Club Three Hundred and Sixty are proud to announce the launch of our online corporate ergonomics and wellness program. This program is delivered in bite-sized chunks of one to five-minute video clips every day for twelve weeks, and covers topics such as pain, injury prevention best setup, productivity, all-cause mortality, as well as a guide to 20 easy-to-implement desk-based exercises to keep you active throughout the workday. We also have an optional test and certification available. Well, I guess sort of starting to to wrap up a little bit now, um, are there any other sort of thoughts on your 20 years in this uh, art in Japan um, that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um... So obviously, uh, I would just say that um, it's taken me twenty years to get to this point, <laughs> but uh, you know, I do feel that I'm at a point now where I I'm the strongest that I've ever strongest that I've ever been. Not in terms of like physical strength, but strongest that I've ever been in terms of um, what my body can do, uh, the movements, the techniques. Mm. Um, I'm getting a lot of there's a lot of posts on my my social media that people are like oh i'm i'm in my 40s now and 
really your knees do start to creak and my knees are really like that. Um, but I do feel that I'm the fittest that I've ever been, the strongest in terms of like stamina maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I really do recommend Aikido for that. That it's, you know, you, you do everything at your own pace and yeah. you, you can push yourself as much as you want to push yourself. So it's something that you can do for uh, as long as you want. As you get older, you can still do it and still enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really does build, um, a, a, we say a natural body, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So you're not, you know, um, forcing, you're not building any kind of impossible muscle mass or anything like that. It's just an, a natural body that uh, in your daily life is um, uh, fit and healthy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's something that you can do with your kids. We have classes that where parents can train at the same time as their kids. Okay. So it's something that you can do with your family. And I really do feel that it, uh, it will, it, it, it's, it has um, enriched my life in, in, you know, in, um, in my work and in interpersonal relationships, hmm. uh, it's wonderful for all of those things. Yeah, um, and you brought up kids. How old are your kids, and, and do they train? Yeah, so my kids, they are one is uh, twelve, they'll and one is ten. So he's in his first year junior high school, and the little one is in his fifth year elementary school. They both they both do Aikido. Um, they just just because it's here, <laughs> so, yeah. just, <laughs> so they do they do it here, and um, it's great for kids as well. I think you know mm. they um, they learn to roll and they learn to uh, work with other kids. As I said before, you, you know you you stay okay, you change. So they they learn to cooperate with other kids. Um, the older kids have to help the the lower kids teach them. So it, it uh, I think it teaches you know kindness and compassion. Which is one of the things that I love about it. Mm. Um, also, physical fitness. They, you know, they they got to be physically. They got to run around. They got to roll. They got to take falls. It's good for kids on all levels. I think. Um, my older kid also does rugby, yeah. <laughs> so and I think it uh, maybe helps him with his rugby as well. Yeah, uh, just, uh, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, tackling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. tackles. So, uh, yeah, I do highly recommend it for anyone who wants to give it a try. Fantastic. Uh, and so if people are uh, looking to find out a little bit more about your, your dojo and your organisation, um, first of all, whereabouts is your dojo located? So we we are, um, our headquarters dojo is located in Uraisu, which okay. um, is mostly famous for, we have Disneyland, it's just yep. down the road. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, we are 20 minutes on the on the train from Tokyo, so it's easily accessible. Hmm. But we do have branch dojos all around the country. So if you check out our homepage, there's, there's a button that says find a dojo near you. And if you go there, you can uh, see the dojo closest to you. We have lots yep. of affiliate dojos. Yeah. Fantastic. And yeah, like I said, classes uh, all day, every day except Monday, classes all day for all ages, all levels. So, uh, and you can come and try a class anytime. <laughs> Great. Uh, and we'll put the uh, links to um, to your website and uh, socials in the show notes. But um, yeah. Yeah. if you can, for those that uh, can't be bothered checking that out, um, <laughs> what uh, do you know your um, homepage and uh, social handles? Uh, yeah. So uh, our homepage address is aikidoryu.or.jp. Yeah. Uh, if you just, if you, Google Aikido Ryu, 
you can probably you'll probably get it and yeah, yeah same on facebook instagram twitter uh tiktok aikido view is all of us aikido view <laughs> can you need to spell it out <laughs> uh that's what a-i-k-i-d-o-r-u-r-y-u yeah awesome well stephanie thanks very much for coming on it's always great to chat to other foreigners that have um uh sort of followed a martial arts journey uh in japan and uh it was great to hear your story and yeah um, i um i'm sorry you know i i don't actually have a chance to speak so much in english so maybe i (laughs) (laughs) i didn't express myself as well as i'd like to i hope i did i hope i did uh but yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, if anyone has any questions or would like to get hold of us, they can get hold of us directly. Fantastic. And if, uh, and you too, if you ever want to try, it might yeah. it might give you some pointers for helping out new BG, BJJ. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I'd love to. Anytime. That's yeah. good. All right. Well, thanks again, Stephanie, and um, yeah. all the best uh, with the dojo and with the business. Thank you. You too. And it was nice, to, right. nice to chat. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tokyo Living Podcast. If you enjoy the content, we'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you'd like to enjoy your podcast. We look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. Have a healthy and active week.